You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the Guy Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so excited that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We want you to take this moment right now to hit that subscribe button if you are not subscribed. If you are watching us on YouTube, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to our YouTube channel. Uh, click that like button, share, subscribe, do all of those things as, uh, you know, we're excited to get into today's conversation. We're excited that you are all listening, that you are choosing to start your week or end your night or start your day listening to the God Life Culture podcast. Yes. And you know what? We've been doing this thing for the last couple of weeks and we're going to continue to do it as long as new music is pushed out there by our people um, and is our music feature of the week. So Miguel, share with the people what is today's music feature? Yes. So Maverick City Music and Kirk Franklin have teamed up. They have put together a brand new album titled Kingdom Book One that will be released on June 17th. They have released um, one song from that album yeah. um, titled Kingdom, and um, it's featuring Naomi Rain and all the people that we love from Maverick City Music. One of the amazing things about this collaboration and this song is that they took this whole idea of what a prison performance is, mm. and they took it to a whole different level. Um, you know, the album is 11 tracks, yeah. and it all was recorded and put together um, on the grounds of a Florida prison. Yeah. So just a few months, you know, earlier, you know, a few months ago, earlier this year, they were seen at a Florida prison and mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, doing music and different concerts. And um, I guess they were working on this project and putting it together. So definitely, you know, go check out Kingdom. It's from their upcoming album titled Kingdom Book One. And one of the, you know, cool things that we love about Maverick that we've spoken about them before is their diversity, mm-hmm. right? And how intentional they are with that. And, uh, you know, one of Maverick City's, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, people on the team, Tony Brown, basically said that one of the goals of this project was to create awareness around the topics that affect the community that we represent as black and brown people. So he says it's important that we're able not just share our songs, but also share the heart and the lives that these songs are coming from. Most of us in some way have been impacted by these issues. And as we mature as artists, the things that matter to us the most need to take precedence. And this is one of them. So Maverick City and Kirk Franklin are also going on tour, yes. which we will be um, at their New Jersey concert right yes, at the Prudential Center yes. on Sunday. So we will be letting you guys know how <laughs> that goes. But go yeah. definitely check out their upcoming album, their new single. And don't forget, uh, June 17th, Kingdom Book One will be released. Will be released. If they named it Book One, that means there's a book two, hopefully in the works as well and you know the concert thing is something that we are very excited last year maverick city had a concert in brooklyn we weren't able to make it um we know i think you spoke about it we had a couple of friends fomo episode um, (laughs) that that did attend it and um you know publicized that on their social media so we looked from afar Um, but this time you know we were given the opportunity to go we're going with our spouses and some other friends as well um and just really excited about that i think it's our first concert since before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of just being 
in a you know it takes me back to like years ago when they used to do like these events at the izod center in new jersey uh called um battle cry battle cry and i remember the first year i went i think it was like 18 um and it was the first time that i was in an arena with a group of people who were there um per you know with the sole purpose of just like worship god and to yeah. get together to learn more of the lord that looked absolutely different from me I look to the side, none of them look like me. If I look to the front, none of them look. It was like a very cool, you know, like you grew up in a, I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, going to a Latin church. So, you know, Latinos, we come in all shapes and sides and shades and all that other stuff. Uh, But regardless, still like seeing people of different languages, of different heritages and cultures, you know, that was a really cool experience for me. So I'm thinking, so it took me back to that. So I'm thinking about being back at a really big, you know, stadium, worshiping um, and listening to music music and just being crazy and you know fangirling yeah. out because that's my intention like right. i want to go go crazy uh you know because it's like we haven't been in a big concert in the longest it's gonna be a bunch of people there that are all going excited looking mm-hmm. to have a good time you know so the idea of just being in that diverse setting with one mind uh one set goal in mind i think is gonna be really cool yeah and the idea that it's maverick city right mm-hmm. fairly new artists and kind of like you know on this they're the you know, on their peak yeah, yeah. wave right now and then you have some like a kirk franklin who's yes. been in the game for a long time yeah so i feel like you get kind of like that best of both worlds in that concert um you know funny enough in 2016 i actually went to the prudential center mm. so this is going to be really cool because um i went to do spoken word at the mcdonald's yes. gospel fest now it's going to be weird being there kind of on the other side because yep. when i went um we didn't really get to like sit to watch it mm-hmm. i was behind the, back. the st- yeah, backstage yeah. the whole time um so this will be kind of cool and you know that was like definitely the highlights of my whole spoken word journey <laughs> you know being there and you know being at a you know an arena that big and yeah. doing that um definitely you know marked my life so i you know look forward to you know being there again and you know having all those feels but obviously this time um to enjoy that concert yeah you know what and keeping up with the theme of diversity you know one of the things that we cannot deny is um you know just the topic of diversity whether it is in a workplace whether it's in your community whether it's at your church yeah um and you know one of the things that we think is really important to talk about is you know what should a church do to diversify itself you know what does that look like you know Mm -hmm. and you know the different things that you can do because i think that sometimes you know when we think about diversity we may only think about race yeah you know so when we're talking about like diversity in the congregation you know i think it's very easy for people to be like oh that means that i'm gonna need to you know get the world map and then start checking off i have people from here i have people from there um and i think that diversity is something that goes a little bit more um, that includes race, but yeah. also a little bit more broad. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing, like you said, people think about is race, is yeah. physical appearance, right? Yep. Um, you know, so going off the physical appearance, you know, conversation a bit, um, I remember uh, a few years back once we started revamping our kids' ministry, mm-hmm. right? That was something that I remember I, I had in mind when I kind of took that over and started it. 
Um, it was very much like, you know, I wonder if these kids as they, you know, engage in these services or in just like the videos that a lot of times our churches will play for our children to watch, you know, about Bible stories and they see other kids. Are they seeing themselves represented? Yeah. Do they see a kid that looks like them, looks like them, you know? And I remember at that time asking, you know, some of the kids that were kids uh, just a few months prior. Now they were like tweens, you know, they're like 12. <laughs> right. Um, and asking them, you know, when you were in your kids ministry, when you remember, you know, did you ever question or ask yourself or, mm -hmm. you know, did you feel like you saw yourself being represented and the way you look and people that have your hair texture or, mm -hmm. you know, features and all of these things. And I remember to some degree, there was a little bit of a lack of, you know, they really didn't see someone that looked kind of exactly like them or reminded yeah. them of themselves. Yes. And that really stuck with me when I had asked them that question. So when looking at, you know, what curriculum are we going to go with, you know, to show, you know, the videos and the worship videos and all these things, I remember that that was something that was really important to me. Yeah. And, you know, the curriculum we use, um, you know, they're called Orange Kids, Orange mm -hmm. Kids Ministry, and that is one of their key goals, mm -hmm. diversity. So, I mean, you see, you'll see, no, yeah, I was gonna... you know, like, all shapes, all yeah, sizes, yeah. all colors, yes. all different hair textures, yeah, yeah. you know, um, short, tall, you know, older, younger. Yes. Like they really do a great job at diversifying what our kids are watching and seeing. So someone like your son mm -hmm. who has great curly hair yeah, can yeah. see another guy up there who yes. has like almost the same exact yeah. type well, hair. That's what I was going to say. Worshiping, talking. You beat me to it, which was the idea of, I think that that was the first time. I mean, he's only five going on six, but let's be honest. I'm 33. They're going on 34. That's the first time I saw someone that looked like my son. Yeah. In the front leading a church, whatever, you know, um, caramel complexion, long curly hair. You know, usually it's always someone with like a really short haircut, like prim and properish. You know, what's deemed in most conservative um, situations as um, professional or like acceptable or whatever. Um, you know, so I remember in the last series before this one, the main guy that was kind of leading that series with the kids was a dude that looked like my son. So yeah. I, th I thought that was very interesting. And I know it was very interesting for him as well, because he's going through his own journey as well as a kid who is predominantly in a community like in school where they don't look like him. Yeah. None of the boys have long curly hair like he does. Um, and, you know, sometimes he feels a little weird about that. But mm -hmm. then seeing someone in the front leading, being funny, uh, but also talking about God's love. I know that also has a positive impact as well. And that's the kind of diversity we need in our churches as well. You know, when it comes to the congregation and the people, which isn't only about filling up the pews with people that look different. It's also who do you have in the front leading? You know, is that a reflection of the diversity in the church as well? Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, church leadership and all of those things, it can be tricky because I think a lot of times, which is a point that we'll talk about later, but, yeah. you know, it is common for people to get together and congregate with individuals that kind of look like them. Yes. You know what I mean? I feel like if you were to look at our church, let's say, mm -hmm. I think our church is a little bit more diverse now. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, there there is a majority right, yeah. of like what the people look like or what, you know, uh, what language they speak mm -hmm. and all of that. You know, I think now in more recent years, we're hitting more of the bilingual right, yeah. um, kind of wave where there's <laughs> people that know both English and Spanish. They understand Spanish, can't speak it really, you know, are stronger in English. Um, 
But I really do think it's important that within our leadership, there is that diversity and representation, not only with race and physical appearance, right? But also um, within age, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think if we're speaking, you know, specifically, let's say about a youth ministry, I think in the youth leadership, there should be individuals who aren't, you know, you don't want to say like super young, but young enough to understand the culture that our youth are experiencing, whether it's Mm -hmm. the lingo, the language, you know, the new shows that come out on Mm -hmm. Netflix that it's like, we should talk about this maybe, or this is a good topic to bring up and all of that. Um, But then at the same time, I do think you need those older individuals apart as well, where it's almost like, you know, the the ones that kind of have been through things and been mm-hmm. through uh, similar stuff, just probably not as technologically advanced as we go through it today, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm sure years ago there was no streaming platforms where now everything's on your phone and yeah. all of these things, you know? Um, so I think that balance is super necessary and important. And I think a lot of times what we end up seeing, unfortunately, is the unhealthy clash between these groups of people. Yeah. You know, specifically maybe when it comes to age, right? Mm-hmm where it's like the younger and the older and there really is no middle ground, no meat in the middle, no compromise. Mm -hmm. And it just causes more problems. And really it's the lack of diversity and understanding Mm -hmm. that we need to be diverse. We need to vary what we do. We need to change what we do as the years move on. And as you know, we have certain groups of individuals in these ministries, for instance, with when it comes to youth, right? You may have one year where, you know, a few years where, you know, there's certain needs that your youth have and we address those needs. Mm-hmm. In a few years, you may notice, hey, the needs have changed. It's not what it used to be anymore. Yes. How can we pivot and address now these new needs? That, mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, is also diversity. Yeah, right? absolutely. In, in addressing the needs of the people within the ministry. Yeah, you know, and I think the when we're talking about like sometimes there's this clash between the young and the old or the new wave versus the old wave and stuff like that um sometimes we even see that amongst people who just have a different way of thinking yeah. you know there's people that are a little bit more creative and there's other people that are a little bit more textbook and then you know the, the when the textbook person is trying to do something by the book but the creative person thinks maybe we got to go outside the lines and stuff like that there's that you know that crash uh, as well and i think the reason for that is because i think that diversity is sacrificial in the sense that sometimes you have to put what you think is the best way of doing something to the side and give opening and wave to try something new. So, you know, you may think that the textbook way of doing something is the best way to do it, but here comes somebody else with this other like abstract way of tackling a situation or an idea. And you kind of got to be like, you know what? Okay, let me, I've been doing it like this for the last 36 years, but let's try it this way again. And, you know, it's also humbling in that as well, where sometimes you have to realize, you know, I may not have all the answers. You know, we may need, you know, a younger person to come in and give their point of view. We may need somebody that has a different background or life experience to come in and, you know, to switch it up a bit. You may need maybe your team is full of guys. Maybe you need the women to join that team. As You should never have a team only full of guys unless it's like a men's ministry specifically, you know, but sometimes you need a woman's point of you to come in and and diversify it and give you a new outlook and a new sense of doing things and you know it may be humbling you may have to sacrifice you know what you feel about the situation but all in do you know in, in hopes of it being more beneficial to try it in a different way 
yeah, diversity looks at the bigger picture, right? Yeah. Because it can become so easy to focus on those little things. This is the way it's always been or, yeah. you know, and not all the time is it always so negative that people yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's just this is the way it's been. So this is the pattern we follow. This yes. is a routine we follow. This is what we do. I don't think all the time, you know, individuals who maybe are stuck to a routine are so negative about it where mm-hmm. if they have ill intent. I think oftentimes it's just this is what we do and have always done where you have to be okay with now how can we diversify this plan how can we change this plan to address the specific needs of the people that we have now or the specific needs of our church you know that you know what they're going through right now so i think it's important to understand that when we talk about diversity you sometimes have to you know, come out of the situation and look from the outside in to fully analyze and see, is this working? How can we make this better? How can, you know, we grow this or how can we improve, you know, these areas? Because like you said, it is sacrificial. It is humbling, right? When you have to kind of admit, man, we've been doing this for so long and maybe haven't seen the results that we want. Mm. You know, we may have to diversify our worship. Yeah. You know, we may have to diversify the music that we're playing. You know, for some, it may be like, you know, a language thing. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of Spanish worship and we don't really have some English worship, but we have a lot of people coming that don't understand Spanish. How are we going to address that need? Well, let's talk to our worship team. Let's see if they can include at least an English song. Let's see if they can include songs that can go in both languages, right? Yeah. So there's so many different ways that you can, again, address these issues, but you have to be willing to kind of look from the outside in mm-hmm. to give those thoughts and those opinions and really see like what is happening and what you're doing and see, is it really working? Yeah. And I think you have to be honest. Yes. You know, um, diversity can be something that, can be scary for some individuals because again it requires change but you have to be honest with yourself with the people around you and make sure that it's intentional yeah right because i think the worst part is and i've experienced this right where you know i've been on you know i've taken my students on different trips on missions trips and things like that and you know, there was a moment where I remember they specifically asked for the black and brown kids if they could take them with myself uh, to have us photographed so they can include in their like promotions for their missions um, organization because they don't really get black and brown students or mm. missions groups but they mm. really only requested the black and brown kids <laughs> right and then kind it was very much like <laughs> it was very much like they wanted us to stand a certain way yes. and look like we were doing something that we weren't really doing at the time yeah. just so they can slap us on a website and i remember yeah. telling them at that time and this was like two three years ago um like no we're not gonna do that yeah. you know that's actually not a good idea yeah i was like you know if you want diversity tomorrow while we're out there actually working yeah then go and take pictures and make sure you take pictures of the whole team. Yes. Right. Because just because you have an individual who let's say is not black and brown doesn't mean, well, they're not diverse. You really have no idea what their background is. You have no idea, you know, what their talents, capabilities are, Mm -hmm. their needs. You really don't know those things, you know? So it has to be intentional. This can't be something you slap on a church program to show Mm -hmm. like, Oh, we do this, you know, or, um, you know, we want to take pictures of a certain group of people to show that we have these people within our church yeah no it has to come natural because at the end of the day individuals can see Mm -hmm. right when something is authentic when it's real Mm -hmm. and when it's rehearsed when it's staged you know i remember another incident was they wanted me to like walk down a hallway 
right with you know two other teachers but they specifically um you know wanted me to be and this was at a different a different you know <laughs> scenario they they wanted me to be in that mix simply yeah. because i was the brown one yeah, right yeah, yeah. of the group and it's like uh no i'm not yeah. going to be in your picture you know yes. and it's those moments where you have to say those things but kind of tell them why yes. because nobody may ever tell them yes you know true. and um again it's almost like there's no excuse for for acting that way there really isn't an excuse you know not knowing or not i didn't know that was offensive you know mm. i feel like we live in an age and a time where especially as christians and church leaders that mm. is not an excuse mm. that i didn't know that was offensive mm. i didn't know i shouldn't have said that you know yeah no it's 2022 educate yourself really that's what it comes down to um and i think that that's something that churches have to be mindful as well that in their in their strive to be diversified that they need to also be sensitive and genuine with what they do. You know, you can't just be having, we're going to have all the people of color come to the front and sit here. So it looks being Janito, we're all like the colored folks is like, no, you can't, that's not appropriate. Um, You know, and then also don't give positions to people or give jobs or responsibilities to people just because you want to check off the box that, you know, our team is, you know, 75% non-people of color but we got a good hefty 25 percent like those are the things that you don't want to do uh because it's gonna cause strife it's gonna cause strife within the people that are not of color that are looking at people as diversity hires like the only reason you're working here the only reason you got that position is because of your color not by your merit your skill or your talent and it's also gonna um give issues with the people of color because they're looking at it as as, you just want me as a poster boy as your token brown person as your token latino as your token this and you know we see that even in churches um which is why that we have to be very conscious and you know um intentional and genuine with what we're doing what we're trying to do because we want to create an environment where people feel safe want to create an environment where people feel welcomed you know that they see people that look like them that they feel that it's a church that kind of gets them and their ideas because at the end of the day you know we're all followers of Christ, but we also have our own culture in which we carry, right? So then that's, I think that's the balance and the struggle that, you know, churches that have a big scope of different uh, people that go to, uh, to those churches have, you know, a, a lot of work to do to balance out, making sure everybody feels comfortable, but also make sure it doesn't feel like a mockery. You know, it's like they'll do like a Latin night, but then have, a whole bunch of people doing Latin stuff that's not Latino. So it's kind of like, why do you have the people with no rhythm doing the Latin stuff? That makes no sense. It's kind of like, you know what, if you want to have a Latin night, you know, to celebrate Latin identity in the churches and have the Latin music, there's a lot of salsa that's Christian. There's a lot of merengue that's Christian, reggaeton and stuff like that. You can't do that, but it can't be done in a form of mockery. You know, it's like if you want to do like gospel and stuff like that, you know, definitely a way to do that. Have a soulful night. Absolutely. You could do that if you want to, whatever. But it's also make sure this is being done from a place of genuine, like, um, you know, like we just want to like give everybody an opportunity to be celebrated and not a mockery out of people in their culture. And I think it's important to even analyze what's being done in your teaching departments, right? So, for instance, um, when it comes to kids, right, Mm -hmm. and even teens, we know that not everyone learns the same way. Yes. So if we have, let's say, a 45-minute Bible class, whether it's on a Sunday, you know, a a night, you know, class or whatever that we have – are we just having our students sit down and listen to us the whole time? Mm. Because that may work for all of your auditory listeners in the room and for the students that are able to sit 
and process information for a long period of time and not move. But then you have your kinesthetic learners that need to be moving and active and need to, you know, go up to the board and write something, need to be picked on for an example and, and, and be used as, you know, a demonstration or something. You know, how are you addressing the learning needs of your students within your classrooms, whether it's in Bible school or whatever? You know, I think it's very important to remember that when we want our young people, our teens, our kids to learn from God's word, Yes, this is not as complicated, let's say, as school is, mm-hmm. right? But there is a certain level of we want to make sure that they are getting the best out of it, which yes. means you may have to show a video, you may have to do a song, you may have to have them do some type of craft, you may have them need to have them write something, you may need to have them get up and stretch, you know, midway through. You may need, you know, some of your visual learners to, you know, um, go up to the board and draw something or, you know, go up to the board and, and, and be part of a live example or demonstration of the point you're bringing. So all of that takes thought, right? And foresight to see how can I diversify what I'm teaching to make sure that every student and every class and every um you know ministry is understanding and grasping the information and not just sitting there right and you know i think when we talk about diversity um even when our preachers or pastors teach and preach from the front Mm -hmm. it's very difficult because they're just speaking the whole time right but then we have certain preachers and pastors who use visuals Mm -hmm. we'll have a backdrop We'll have certain words come in and out. We'll have certain points be highlighted or we'll, you know, kind of be preaching and then stem away from that preaching to kind of give a personal testimony or something that ties in with the message. So there's ways to diversify what you do. And I think a lot of the a lot of times the biggest hurdle or obstacle is that people don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So they want they understand they need to be diverse. They understand the need for diversity. They understand that something needs to be done. They just don't know how to do it and, you know, what to do. Right. And I think one of the things that, in my opinion, helps me when in the various things that I do is to look at what other people are doing. Right. Look at what other people are doing, what other you know ministry leaders are doing um, and see just to get ideas, not to imitate, not to replicate, not to copy. Right. But to be inspired and kind of learn and be educated as to, well, this seems like it works really well here. Mm. Wow. I didn't think of, you know, presenting um, a sermon in this way, or I didn't think of doing this type of youth night where, you know, it does address the different needs of the youth in my ministry, you Mm -hmm. know? So it takes for you to kind of, again, step out of the norm, step out of what you're used to and, maybe you have to go visit another church and just see what they do Mm -hmm. and how they engage their members in worship. If you're a worship leader or how they engage their youth and their children within their ministries. Yeah. And I, I really do think that's okay, you know, and that's how you, you know, um, see and pick and choose what works best for your people and where you are. Yeah. I mean, they have, they literally have conferences for that. Like our yeah. pastors just went to a conference earlier in the year um, where they took three days. It was a, past, a pastor's conference and they were sharing ideas and different things that other people do and what works for them. And, you know, you have to really go out there and, you know, 
see what's happening and educate yourself as well. Because obviously, you know, we spoke about this before, you know, prayer is definitely important yeah. and you can pray to God, Lord, give me ideas, Lord, help me, Lord, this, Lord, that, but also God has resources out there for you at your disposal, even in the simplicity as using the online web for that. You know, there's so many different churches and ideas and things that you can see. And then you can see what we had this conversation, I think with Ruth Rodriguez last year, you know, the idea of looking at what other people are doing and then figuring out a way to make that apply up applicable for you and what you can do in your church yeah. as well um all for the benefit of you and your congregation that's really what it is it's really not for show you're not trying to you know make it on the magazines or you know become viral or anything like that it's really like what can i do to benefit the people that i have with us so that it will you know nourish them and it will make them grow and it would uh, help them you know ideally get closer to god yeah and one of the things going back to that you know maverick city song uh kingdom um one of the lines that they say is if you ever wondered what heaven looks like it's looking like me and you and if you've ever questioned what heaven sounds like just let it fill the room and they repeat that mm. a few times and i think what's so powerful about that is in looking at the video there's people from all different backgrounds in this video be belting out what does heaven look like it looks like me and you and it again gets you thinking about you know that ultimate day when we do make it to heaven um how the bible literally says there will be people from everywhere you know what i mean and um individuals from everywhere that i'm sure look differently sound mm. differently speak differently you know and all of those things where that I think that is the ultimate message. That yes. is the ultimate, uh, you know, gospel message. The idea that we have a gospel that should uh, minister and include everyone. Yes. It's not for a specific group of people. It's not for a specific sounding group of people. It's not for a specific denomination even. Mm -hmm. Right. But that gospel message and the gospel and the power of the gospel is available to everyone and for everyone. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I think we can get so caught up in our bubble of, you know, Christians that look like us, that sound like us, that we can even fall into the trap of looking at other people mm -hmm. who may be Christian as well and just do things differently and judge, right? Yeah. And, you know, fall into that category of just like, oh, they can't be Christian because that's what they do and we're mm -hmm. not supposed to be doing that or we don't do that, right? Yeah. Where it, it can easily fall into that category, right? I think it's important to just remind ourselves the importance of diversity, mm -hmm. the importance of recognizing that, Jesus himself, when he was on earth, you know, ministered to everyone. Yes. If you go to all the different miracles, all the different stories of individuals, it was men, it was women, it was children, it was young people, it was people who were sick, people who were broken, people who, you know, weren't treated fairly, people who were sinful and, you know, caught in the act of their sin, individuals who had health crisis and people who had deaths. And, you know, he literally went to everyone, yeah. even the individuals that he wasn't supposed to speak to mm -hmm. and the places he wasn't supposed to go to, he went. Yeah, you absolutely. know, so I think looking at Jesus as the ultimate example, that should be us. Yeah. You know, it's like you keep saying it's biblical. You know, in Matthew, we see how Jesus, you know, commands them to disciple all nations. You know, it's not only the people that look like you, it's the people all around you and even the people that you have no idea how you're going to get to. You have to figure out how to reach them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so but I also want to like also make it clear that, you know, 
as we said in the top of the episode, that diversity isn't only about race. So you may find yourself in a community, you know, where it's a bunch of people that they all look like you physically. Okay. So then that's great. But then there's ways um, to make sure that your church is diversified. Like we said, with education, um, age, gender as well. You know, is it only a bunch of grown old people that are leading the church and they're not giving opportunity for younger folk, vice versa? Is it just young people and they're like really not paying attention to the older people so like diversity is a lot more than just race and culture um it is a very important part of it but if you find yourself in a situation where your community isn't as diverse as it could be then all right so then make sure that you're also looking at all the other other possible ways that you can diversify your church whether it is like we mentioned before through the music whether it is through our your teaching tactics your educational tactics as well because we're really just wanting to create a space that really caters to as much people as possible you know obviously you can't really cover all the bases but you try to your best to cover as much as you can because then the next church is trying their best to cover as much as they can the other church is trying as and eventually you're gonna find where you feel good and where you feel safe and where you feel like you're at a church that you can grow in and that you can serve in and you know really learn more of god yeah so and again when it comes to even the that idea of diversity recognizing that not every church will offer every single thing that you want. Yep. Right. That it won't meet every expectation or every need. Right. You may want specifically a certain type of person to be doing something or leading something. And you may not get that. Yep. You may want the worship to be a certain way. And that church's worship style is diverse, but it doesn't meet that need. Right. Mm-hmm. It's OK to, you know, recognize, you know, OK, they don't do this, but they have really great programs that, you know, um, I enjoy and really benefit us in this area, yep. right? Or like you said, there's so many churches where you may find one then mm-hmm. that offers those things that you're looking for, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of times when it comes to diversity, patience is mm-hmm. also, you know, a big uh, a big quality and characteristic that you have to have on both sides. Mm-hmm. When you're the individuals trying to diversify things and it seems like, you're just not making it ends me. It doesn't, it's not working out the way you want. You're going to need patience. Keep trying, keep working. People will get it. People yeah. will come. But then when you're on the other side and you're just like, you know, nothing's happening. There's no, this, no, that we don't do this. We don't do that. Look at this. Look at that patience. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be things in the works There may be things that are being put, you know, to action. But again, diversity, I think, you know, is super important. And we've seen when it's done right. And we've seen when it's done (laughs) poorly. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So thank you once again for tuning in to our episode. Uh, Diversity is very important. And there's different ways to make sure that your church is being diverse and catering to your community at hand. As always, you can reach us on our social medias. Yes, find us on Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating. Let us know um, what you enjoyed about the episode, your thoughts about diversity, and um, definitely stay tuned for more episodes to come. Yes, thank you once again for tuning into the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.